Chapter fourteen of Sentimental Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sentimental Education by Gustave Flaubert. Chapter fourteen The Barricade. Part three. Frederick brooded over this idea like a playwright in the agonies of composition suddenly it seemed to him that it was not far from being carried into practical operation and that he was going to contribute to that result that in fact he was yearning for it and then a feeling of absolute terror took possession of him in the midst of this mental distress he experienced a sense of pleasure and he allowed himself to sink deeper and deeper into it with a dreadful consciousness all the time that his scruples were vanishing in the wildness of his reverie the rest of the world became effaced and he could only realize that he was still alive from the intolerable oppression on his chest let us take a drop of white wine said the refiner as he awoke arnoux sprang to his feet and as soon as the white wine was swallowed he wanted to relieve frederick of his sentry duty then he brought him to have breakfast in the rue de chartres at Paris. and as he required to recuperate his energies he ordered two dishes of meat a lobster an omelette with rum a salad etc and finished this off with a brand of sauterne of eighteen nineteen and one of forty-two rum manet not to speak of the champagne at dessert and the liqueurs frederick did not in any way gainsay him he was disturbed in mind as if by the thought that the other might somehow trace on his countenance the idea that had lately flitted before his imagination with both elbows on the table and his head bent forward so that he annoyed frederick by his fixed stare he confided some of his hobbies to the young man he wanted to take for farming purposes all the embankments on the northern line in order to plant potatoes there or else to organize on the boulevards a monster cavalcade in which the celebrities of the period would figure he would let all the windows which would at the rate of three francs for each person produce a handsome profit in short he dreamed of a great stroke of fortune by means of a monopoly he assumed a moral tone nevertheless found fault with excesses and all sorts of misconduct spoke about his poor father and every evening as he said made an examination of his conscience before offering his soul to god a little curacao eh just as you please as for the republic things would right themselves in fact he looked on himself as the happiest man on earth and forgetting himself he exalted rosinette's attractive qualities and even compared her with his wife it was quite a different thing you could not imagine a lovelier person your health frederick touched glasses with him he had out of complacence drunk a little too much besides the strong sunlight dazzled him and when they went up the rue vivienne together again their shoulders touched each other in a fraternal fashion 
when he got home frederick slept till seven o'clock after that he called on the marechal she had gone out with somebody with arnoux perhaps not knowing what to do with himself he continued his promenade along the boulevard but could not get past the port st martin owing to the great crowd that blocked the way want had abandoned to their own resources a considerable number of workmen and they used to come there every evening no doubt for the purpose of holding a review and awaiting a signal in spite of the law against riotous assemblies these clubs of despair increased to a frightful extent and many citizens repaired every day to the spot through bravado and because it was the fashion all of a sudden frederick caught a glimpse three paces away of monsieur d'ambreuse along with martinon he turned his head away for monsieur d'ambreuse having got himself nominated as a representative of the people he cherished a secret spite against him but the capitalist stopped him one word my dear monsieur i've some explanations to make to you i'm not asking you for any pray listen to me it was not his fault in any way appeals had been made to him pressure had to a certain extent been placed on him martinon immediately endorsed all that he had said some of the electors of Nogent had presented themselves in a deputation at his house besides i expected to be free as soon as a crush of people on the footpath forced m d'ambreuse to get out of the way a minute after he reappeared saying to martinon this is a genuine service really and you won't have any reason to regret all three stood with their backs resting against a shop in order to be able to chat more at their ease from time to time there was a cry of long live napoleon long live barbet down with marie the countless throng kept talking in very loud tones and all these voices echoing through the houses made so to speak the continuous ripple of waves in a harbour at intervals they ceased and then could be heard voices singing the marseillaise under the court gates men of mysterious aspect offered sword sticks to those who passed sometimes two individuals one of whom preceded the other would wink and then quickly hurry away the footpaths were filled with groups of staring idlers a dense crowd swayed to and fro on the pavement entire bands of police officers emerging from the alleys had scarcely made their way into the midst of the multitude when they were swallowed up in the mass of people little red flags here and there looked like flames coachmen from the place where they sat high up gesticulated energetically and then turned to go back it was a case of perpetual movement one of the strangest sights that could be conceived how all this said martinon would have amused mademoiselle cecile my wife as you are aware does not like my niece to come with us returned m d'ambreuse with a smile one could scarcely recognize in him the same man for the past three months he had been crying long live the republic and he had even voted in favor of the banishment of orleans but there should be an end of concessions he exhibited his rage so far as to carry a tomahawk in his pocket martinon had one too the magistracy not being any longer irremovable he had withdrawn from parquet so that he surpassed monsieur 
dumbers in his display of violence the banker had a special antipathy to lamartine for having supported ledru rollin and at the same time to pierre leroux prudent considérant lamennais and all the cranks all the socialists for in fact what is it they want the duty on meat and arrest for debt have been abolished now the project of a bank for mortgages is under consideration the other day it was a national bank and here are five millions in the budget for the working men but luckily it is over thanks to monsieur de valou good-bye to them let them go in fact not knowing how to maintain the three hundred thousand men in the national workshops the minister of public works had that very day signed an order inviting all citizens between the ages of eighteen and twenty to take service as soldiers or else to start for the provinces to cultivate the ground there they were indignant at the alternative thus put before them convinced that the object was to destroy the republic they were aggrieved by the thought of having to live at a distance from the capital as if it were a kind of exile they saw themselves dying of fevers in desolate parts of the country to many of them moreover who had been accustomed to work of a refined description agriculture seemed a degradation it was in short a mockery a decisive breach of all the promises which had been made to them if they offered any resistance force would be employed against them they had no doubt of it and made preparations to anticipate it about nine o'clock the riotous assemblies which had formed at the bastille and at the chatelet ebbed back towards the boulevard from the port st denis to the port st martin nothing could be seen save an enormous swarm of people a single mass of a dark blue shade nearly black the men of whom one caught a glimpse all had glowing eyes pale complexions faces emaciated with hunger and excited with a sense of wrong meanwhile some clouds had gathered the tempestuous sky roused the electricity that was in the people and they kept whirling about of their own accord with the great swaying movements of a swelling sea and one felt that there was an incalculable force in the depths of this excited throng and as it were the energy of an element then they all began exclaiming lamps lamps many windows had no illumination and stones were flung at the panes m dembrus deemed it prudent to withdraw from the scene the two young men accompanied him home he predicted great disasters the people might once more invade the chamber and on this point he told them how he should have been killed on the fifteenth of may had it not been for the devotion of a national guard but i had forgotten he is a friend of yours your friend the earthware manufacturer jacques arnoux the rioters had been actually throttling him when that brave citizen caught him in his arms and put him safely out of their reach so it was that since then there had been a kind of intimacy between them it would be necessary one of these days to dine together and since you often see him give him the assurance that i like him very much he is an excellent man and has in my opinion been slandered and he has his wits about him in the morning my compliments once more a very good evening frederick after he had quitted m dambrus went back to the marechal and in a very gloomy fashion said that she should choose between him and arnoux she replied that she did not understand dumps of this sort that she did not care about 
or knew and had no desire to cling to him frederick was thirsting to fly from paris she did not offer any opposition to this whim and next morning they set out for fontainebleau the hotel at which they stayed could be distinguished from others by a fountain that rippled in the middle of the courtyard attached to it the doors of the various apartments opened out on a corridor as in monasteries the room assigned to them was large well furnished hung with print and noiseless owing to the scarcity of tourists alongside the houses people who had nothing to do kept passing up and down then under their windows when the day was declining children in the street would engage in a game of base and this tranquillity following so soon the tumult they had witnessed in paris filled them with astonishment and exercised over them a soothing influence every morning at an early hour they went to pay a visit to the chateau as they passed in through the gate they had a view of its entire front with the five pavilions covered with sharp pointed roofs and its staircase of horseshoe shape opening out to the end of the courtyard which is hemmed in to right and left by two main portions of the building further down on the paved ground lichens blended their colours here and there with the tawny hue of bricks and the entire appearance of the palace rust-coloured like old armour had about it something of the impassiveness of royalty a sort of warlike melancholy grandeur at last a man-servant made his appearance with a bunch of keys in his hand he first showed them the apartments of the queens the pope's oratory the gallery of francis i the mahogany table on which the emperor signed his abdication and in one of the rooms cut into the old galerie des serfs the place where christine got moldan deshi assassinated rosinette listened to this narrative attentively then turning towards frederick no doubt it was through jealousy mind yourself after this they passed through the council chamber the guards room the throne room and the drawing-room of louis the thirteenth the end-curtained windows sent forth a white light the handles of the window fastenings and the copper feet of the pier tables were slightly tarnished with dust the armchairs were everywhere hidden under coarse linen covers above the doors could be seen reliquaries of louis the fourteenth and here and there hangings representing the gods of olympus psyche or the battles of alexander as she was passing in front of the mirrors rosinette stopped for a moment to smooth her headbands after passing through the dojon corps and the saint sarnaud chapelle there reached the festal hall they were dazzled by the magnificence of the ceiling which was divided into octagonal apartments set off with gold and silver more finely chiselled than a jewel and by the vast number of paintings covering the walls from the immense chimney-piece where the arms of france were surrounded by crescents and quivers down to the musicians gallery which had been erected at the other end along the entire width of the hall the ten arched windows were wide open the sun threw its lustre on the pictures so that they glowed beneath its rays the blue sky continued in an endless curve the ultramarine of the arches and from the depths of the woods where the lofty summits of the trees filled up the horizon there seemed to come an echo of flourishes blown by ivory trumpets and mythological ballets gathering together under the foliage princesses and nobles disguised as nymphs or fauns an epoch of ingenious science of violent passions and sumptuous art when the idea was to sweep away the world in a vision of the hesperides and when the mistresses of kings mingled their glory with the stars 
there was a portrait of one of the most beautiful of these celebrated women in the form of diana the huntress and even the infernal diana no doubt in order to indicate the power which she possessed even beyond the limits of the tomb all these symbols confirmed her glory and there remained about the spot something of her an indistinct voice a radiation that stretched out indefinitely a feeling of mysterious retrospective voluptuousness took possession of frederick in order to divert these passionate longings into another channel he began to gaze tenderly on rosinette and asked her which he not like to have been this woman what woman diane de poitiers he repeated diane de poitiers the mistress of henry the second she gave utterance to a little ah that was all her silence clearly demonstrated that she knew nothing about the matter and had failed to comprehend his meaning so that out of complacence he said to her perhaps you are getting tired of this no no quite the reverse and lifting up her chin and casting around her a glance of the vaguest description rosinette let these words escape her lips it recalls some memories to me meanwhile it was easy to trace on her countenance a strained expression a certain sense of awe and as this air of gravity made her look all the prettier frederick overlooked it the carp's pond amused her more for a quarter of an hour she kept flinging pieces of bread into the water in order to see the fishes skipping about frederick had seated himself by her side under the linden trees he saw in imagination all the personages who had haunted these walls charles v the valois kings henry the fourth peter the great jean jacques rousseau and the fair mourners of the stage boxes voltaire napoleon pius the seventh and louis philippe and he felt himself environed elbowed by these tumultuous dead people he was stunned by such a confusion of historic figures even though he found a certain fascination in contemplating them nevertheless at length they descended into the flower garden it is a vast rectangle which presents to the spectator at the first glance its wide yellow walks its square grass plots its ribbons of boxwood its yew trees shaped like pyramids its low-lying green swards and its narrow borders in which thinly sown flowers make spots on the grey soil at the end of the garden may be seen a park through whose entire length the canal makes its way royal residences have attached to them a peculiar kind of melancholy due no doubt to their dimensions being much too large for the limited number of guests entertained within them to the silence which one feels astonished to find in them after so many flourishes of trumpets to the immobility of their luxurious furniture which attests by the aspect of age and decay it gradually assumes the transitory character of dynasties the eternal wretchedness of all things and this exhalation of the centuries enervating and funereal like the perfume of a mummy makes itself felt even in untutored brains rosinette yawned and moderately they went back to the hotel after their breakfast an open carriage came round for them they started from fontainebleau at a point where several roads diverged then went up at a walking pace a gravelly road leading towards a little pine wood the trees became larger and from time to time the driver would say this is the frere si à moi the ferrement the bouquet de rats not forgetting a single one of these notable sights sometimes even drawing up to enable them to admire the scene they entered the forest of franchard the carriage glided over the grass like a sledge pigeons which they could not see began cooing suddenly the waiter of a cafe made his appearance 
and they alighted before the railing of a garden in which a number of round tables were placed and passing on the left by the walls of a ruined abbey they made their way over big boulders of stone and soon reached the lower part of the gorge it is covered on one side with sandstones and juniper trees tangled together while on the other side the ground almost quite bare slopes toward the hollow of the valley where a foot-track makes a pale line through the brown heather and far above could be traced a flat cone-shaped summit with a telegraph tower behind it half an hour later they stepped out of the vehicle once more in order to climb the heights of aspremont the roads form zigzags between the thick-set pine trees under rocks with angular faces all this corner of the forest has a sort of choked-up look a rather wild and solitary aspect one thinks of hermits in connection with the companions of huge stags with fiery crosses between their horns who were wont to welcome with paternal smiles the good kings of france when they knelt before their grottoes the warm air was filled with a resinous odour and roots of trees crossed one another like veins close to the soil rosinettes slipped over them grew dejected and felt inclined to shed tears but at the very top she became joyous once more on finding under a roof made of branches a sort of tavern where carved wood was sold she drank a bottle of lemonade and bought a holly stick and without one glance towards the landscape which disclosed itself from the plateau she entered the brigand's cave with a waiter carrying a torch in front of her their carriage was awaiting them in the bas bro a painter in a blue blouse was working at the foot of an oak tree with his box of colours on his knees he raised his head and watched them as they passed in the middle of the hill of chailly the sudden breaking of a cloud caused them to turn up the hoods of their cloaks almost immediately the rain stopped and the paving stones of the street glistened under the sun when they were re-entering the town some travellers who had recently arrived informed them that a terrible battle had stained paris with blood rosinette and her lover were not surprised then everybody left the hotel became quiet the gas was put out and they were lulled to sleep by the murmur of the fountain in the courtyard on the following day they went to see the wolf's gorge the fairy's pool the long rock and the marlotte two days later they began again at random just as their coachman thought fit to drive them without asking where they were and often even neglecting the famous sights they felt so comfortable in their old landau low as a sofa and covered with a rug made of a striped material which was quite faded the moats filled with brushwood stretched out under their eyes with a gentle continuous movement white rays passed like arrows through the tall ferns sometimes a road that was no longer used presented itself before them in a straight line and here and there might be seen a feeble growth of weeds in the centre between four crossroads a crucifix extended its four arms in other places stakes were bending down like dead trees and little curved paths which were lost under the leaves made them feel a longing to pursue them at the same moment the horse turned round they entered there they plunged into the mire further down moss had sprouted out at the sides of the deep ruts they believed that they were far away from all other people quite alone but suddenly a gamekeeper with his gun or a band of women in rags with big bundles of faggots on their backs would hurry past them when the carriage stopped there was a universal silence the only sounds that reached them were the blowing of the horse in the shafts with the faint cry of a bird more than once repeated the light at certain points illuminating the outskirts of the wood 
left the interior in deep shadow or else attenuated in the foreground by a sort of twilight it exhibited in the background violet vapors a white radiance the midday sun falling directly on the wide tracts of greenery made splashes of light over them hung gleaming drops of silver from the ends of the branches streaked the grass with long lines of emeralds and flung gold spots on the beds of dead leaves when they let their heads fall back they could distinguish the sky through the tops of the trees some of them which were enormously high looked like patriarchs or emperors or touching one another at their extremities formed with their long shafts as it were triumphal arches others sprouting forth obliquely from below seemed like falling columns this heap of big vertical lines gaped open then enormous green billows unrolled themselves in unequal embossments as far as the surface of the valleys towards which advanced the brows of other hills looking down on white plains which ended by losing themselves in an undefined pale tinge standing side by side on some rising ground they felt as they drank of the air the pride of a life more free penetrating into the depths of their souls with a superabundance of energy a joy which they could not explain the variety of trees furnished a spectacle of the most diversified character the beeches with their smooth white bark twisted their tops together ash trees softly curved their bluish branches in the tufts of the hornbeams rose up holly stiff as bronze then came a row of thin birches bent into elegiac attitudes and the pine trees symmetrical as organ pipes seemed to be singing a song as they swayed to and fro there were gigantic oaks with knotted forms which had been violently shaken stretched themselves out from the soil and pressed close against each other and with firm trunks resembling torsos launched forth to heaven despairing appeals with their bare arms and furious threats like a group of titans struck motionless in the midst of their rage an atmosphere of gloom a feverish languor brooded over the pools whose sheets of water were cut into flakes by the overshadowing thorn trees the lichens on their banks where the wolves come to drink are of the colour of sulphur burnt as it were by the footprints of witches and the incessant croaking of the frogs responds to the cawing of the crows as they wheel through the air after this they pass through the monotonous glades planted here and there with a staddle the sound of iron falling with a succession of rapid blows could be heard on the side of the hill a group of quarrymen were breaking the rocks these rocks became more and more numerous and finally filled up the entire landscape cube shaped like houses flat like flagstones propping up overhanging and became intermingled with each other as if they were the ruins unrecognizable and monstrous of some vanished city but the wild chaos they exhibited made one rather dream of volcanoes of deluges of great unknown cataclysms frederick said they had been there since the beginning of the world and would remain so till the end rosinette turned aside her head declaring that this would drive her out of her mind and went off to collect sweet heather the little violet blossoms heaped up near one another formed unequal plates and the soil which was giving way underneath placed soft dark fringes on the sand spangled with mica one day they reached a point halfway up a hill where the soil was full of sand its surface untrodden till now was streaked so as to resemble symmetrical waves here and there like promontories on the dry bed of an ocean rose up rocks with the vague outlines of animals tortoises thrusting forward their heads crawling seals hippopotami and bears not a soul around them not a single sound 
the shingle glowed under the dazzling rays of the sun and all at once in this vibration of light the specimens of the brute creation that met their gaze began to move about they returned home quickly flying from the dizziness that had seized hold of them almost dismayed the gravity of the forest exercised an influence over them and hours passed in silence during which allowing themselves to yield to the lulling effects of springs they remained as it were sunk in the torpor of a calm intoxication with his arm around her waist he listened to her talking while the birds were warbling noticed with the same glance the black grapes on her bonnet and the juniper berries the draperies of her veil and the spiral forms assumed by the clouds and when he bent towards her the freshness of her skin mingled with the strong perfume of the woods they found amusement in everything they showed one another as a curiosity gossamer threads of the virgin hanging from bushes holes full of water in the middle of stones a squirrel on the branches the way in which two butterflies kept flying after them or else at twenty paces from them under the trees a hind strode on peacefully with an air of nobility and gentleness its doe walking by its side rosinette would have liked to run after it to embrace it she got very much alarmed once when a man suddenly presenting himself showed her three vipers in a box she wildly flung herself on frederick's breast he felt happy at the thought that she was weak and that he was strong enough to defend her that evening they dined at an inn on the banks of the seine the table was near the windows rosinette sitting opposite him and he contemplated her little well-shaped white nose her turned-up lips her bright eyes the swelling bands of her nut-brown hair and her pretty oval face her dress of raw silk clung to her somewhat drooping shoulders and her two hands emerging from their sleeves joined close together as if they were one carved poured out wine moved over the tablecloth the waiters placed before them a chicken with its four limbs stretched out a stew of eels in a dish of pipe-clay wine that had got spoiled bread that was too hard and knives with notches in them all these things made the repast more enjoyable and strengthened the illusion they fancied that they were in the middle of a journey in italy on their honeymoon before starting again they went for a walk along the bank of the river the soft blue sky rounded like a dome leaned at the horizon on the indentations of the woods on the opposite side at the end of the meadow there was a village steeple and further away to the left the roof of a house made a red spot on the river which wound its way without any apparent motion some rushes bent over it however and the water lightly shook some poles fixed at its edge in order to hold nets an osier bow net and two or three old fishing boats might be seen there near the inn a girl in a straw hat was drawing buckets out of a well every time they came up again frederick heard the grating sound of the chain with a feeling of inexpressible delight he had no doubt that he would be happy till the end of his days so natural did his felicity appear to him so much a part of his life and so intimately associated with this woman's being he was irresistibly impelled to address her with words of endearment she answered with pretty little speeches light taps on the shoulder displays of tenderness that charmed him by their unexpectedness he discovered in her quite a new sort of beauty in fact which was perhaps only the reflection of surrounding things unless it happened to bud forth from their hidden potentialities when they were lying down in the middle of the field he would stretch himself out with his head on her lap 
under the shelter of her parasol or else with their faces turned towards the green sward in the centre of which they rested they kept gazing towards one another so that their pupils seemed to intermingle thirsting for one another and ever satiating their thirst and then with half-closed eyelids they lay side by side without uttering a single word now and then the distant rolling of a drum reached their ears it was the signal drum which was being beaten in the different villages calling on the people to go and defend paris oh look here tis the rising said frederick with a disdainful pity all this excitement now presenting to his mind a pitiful aspect by the sight of their love and of eternal nature and they talked about whatever happened to come into their heads things that were perfectly familiar to them persons in whom they took no interest a thousand trifles she chatted with him about her chambermaid and her hairdresser one day she was so self-forgetful that she told him her age twenty-nine years she was becoming quite an old woman several times without intending it she gave him some particulars with reference to her own life she had been a shop-girl had taken a trip to england and had begun studying for the stage all this she told without any explanation of how these changes had come about and he found it impossible to reconstruct her entire history she related to him more about herself one day when they were seated side by side under a plane tree at the back of a meadow at the roadside further down a little barefooted girl standing amid a heap of dust was making a cow go to pasture as soon as she caught sight of them she came up to beg and while with one hand she held up her tattered petticoat she kept scratching with the other her black hair which like a wig of louis the fourteenth's time curled round her dark face lighted by a magnificent pair of eyes she will be very pretty by and by said frederick how lucky she is if she has no mother remarked rosinette eh how is that certainly i if it were not for mine she sighed and began to speak about her childhood her parents were weavers in the croix she acted as an apprentice to her father in vain did the poor man wear himself out with hard work his wife was continually abusing him and sold everything for drink rosinette could see as if it were yesterday the room they occupied with the looms ranged lengthwise against the windows the pot boiling on the stove the bed painted like mahogany a cupboard facing it and the obscure loft where she used to sleep up to the time when she was fifteen years old at length the gentleman made his appearance on the scene a fat man with a face of the colour of boxwood the manners of a devotee and a suit of black clothes her mother and this man had a conversation together with the result that three days afterwards rosinette stopped and with a look in which there was as much bitterness as shamelessness it was done then in response to a gesture of frederick as he was married he would have been afraid of compromising himself in his own house i was brought to a private room in a restaurant and told that i would be happy that i would get a handsome present at the door the first thing that struck me was a candelabra of vermilion on a table on which there were two covers a mirror on the ceiling showed their reflections and the blue silk hangings on the walls made the entire apartment resemble an alcove i was seized with astonishment you understand a poor creature who had never seen anything before in spite of my dazed condition of mind i got frightened i wanted to go away however i remained the only seat in the room was a sofa close beside the table it was so soft that it gave way under me 
the mouth of the hot air stove in the middle of the carpet sent out towards me a warm breath and there i sat without taking anything the waiter who was standing near me urged me to eat he poured out for me immediately a large glass of wine my head began to swim i wanted to open the window he said to me no mademoiselle that is forbidden and he left me the table was covered with a heap of things that i had no knowledge of nothing there seemed to me good then i fell back on a pot of jam and patiently waited i did not know what prevented him from coming it was very late midnight at last i couldn't bear the fatigue any longer while pushing aside one of the pillows in order to hear better i found under my hand a kind of album a book of engravings they were vulgar pictures i was sleeping on top of it when he entered the room she hung down her head and remained pensive the leaves rustled around them amid the tangled grass a great foxglove was swaying to and fro the sunlight flowed like a wave over the green expanse and the silence was interrupted at intervals by the browsing of the cow which they could no longer see rosinette kept her eyes fixed on a particular spot three paces away from her her nostrils heaving and her mind absorbed in thought frederick caught hold of her hand how you suffered poor darling yes said she more than you imagine so much so that i wanted to make an end of it they had to fish me up what ah think no more about it i love you i'm happy kiss me and she picked off one by one the sprigs of the thistles which clung to the hem of her gown frederick was thinking more than all on what she had not told him what were the means by which she had gradually emerged from wretchedness to what lover did she owe her education what had occurred in her life down to the day when he first came to her house her latest avowal was a bar to these questions all he asked her was how she had made our news acquaintance through the vatnas wasn't it you that i once saw with both of them at the palais royal he referred to the exact date rosinette made a movement which showed a sense of deep pain yes it is true i was not gay at that time but arnoux had proved himself a very good fellow frederick had no doubt of it however their friend was a queer character full of faults he took care to recall them she quite agreed with him on this point never mind one likes him all the same this camel still even now said frederick she began to redden half smiling half angry oh no that's an old story i don't keep anything hidden from you even though it might be so with him it is different besides i don't think you are nice towards your victim my victim rosinette caught hold of his chin no doubt and in the lisping fashion in which nurses talk to babies have always been so good never went a bye-bye with his wife i never at any time rosinette smiled he felt hurt by this smile of hers which seemed to him a proof of indifference but she went on gently and with one of those looks which seemed to appeal for a denial of the truth are you perfectly certain not a doubt of it frederick solemnly declared on his word of honour that he had never bestowed a thought on madame arnoux as he was too much in love with another woman why with you my beautiful one ah don't laugh at me you only annoy me he thought it a prudent course to invent a story to pretend that he was swayed by a passion he manufactured some circumstantial details this woman however had rendered him very unhappy decidedly you have not been lucky said rosinette oh oh i may have been wishing to convey in this way that he had been often fortunate in his love affairs so that she might have a better opinion of him just as rosinette did not avow 
how many lovers she had had in order that he might have more respect for her for there will always be found in the midst of the most intimate confidences restrictions false shame delicacy and pity you divine either in the other or in yourself precipices or miry paths which prevent you from penetrating any farther moreover you feel that you will not be understood it is hard to express accurately the thing you mean whatever it may be and this is the reason why perfect unions are rare end of chapter fourteen part three